Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And good afternoon. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert, and thanks for joining us. And yes, this is your opportunity to ask your questions. The number to call, 575-1160. You can also text your questions at 57500. Governor, I understand that you have an opening statement for us this afternoon. Always. I always have something to say. Welcome, Governor. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. It's great to be with you, as always. I hope your audience enjoys the opportunity to have this interface. I do. And I don't know what's on their mind, but we're looking forward we'll to hearing out. from them. Uh, let me just mention, I, I've been thinking about the successes that Utah's had. I probably brag about Utah more than anybody. I'm proud of our accomplishments and the things we've been able to do. Uh, I, uh, I'm proud of the fact that people outside of the state of Utah are bragging about us more than anything. And the, the most common question asked of me and others outside of the state of Utah is, why? Why Utah? Why are we doing so well? And frankly, it goes back to my original inauguration statement when I said, let's see if we can't come together more than we've ever done before. Let's sit together and create what I called uh, unprecedented partnerships. And if we would do that, I think we could accomplish unlimited possibilities of what we could do working together. And I, I believe that, and I believe that's been really kind of the secret of Utah's success. And I just want to point to what we look at at the Rio Grande as an example of this coming together and working across party lines, across government entity lines, between agencies. Sometimes we have different points of view, but the coming together of the Rio Grande has been really a remarkable uh, example of us being willing to partner together for the common good. And as you look at what's the change that's taking place there with the cleanup of the crime, crime rates are way down. It's a lot cleaner, the streets. And the people impacted, the homeless people out there, are now saying thank you to the social workers, thank you to the law enforcement people. Pamela Atkinson, our dear friend, that uh, the Mother Teresa of Utah, who spent decades working with the homeless people, says daily they talk to her and say thank you very much. Part of that's because they, they don't have the uh, fear of being a, uh, uh, having the predators there pushing drugs and other social ills on them. They actually can go to their social worker without being intimidated, without fear. And uh, so I think this is a great example of coming together. And I want to applaud those who've been at the forefront of this, uh, uh, Speaker Hughes and Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, in bringing together this coalition 
uh, Mayor Biskupski, Mayor Ben McAdams. Uh, again, that's the state, the city, and the county all working together in harmony here with our respective law enforcement agencies, public safety headed by Commissioner Keith Squires and the sheriff and the police chief of the city and the county, our social workers, uh, our workforce services, John Pierpont. I mean, it's been a remarkable coming together, and the results are pretty remarkable. Now, that being said, we're not ready to declare a victory. This is just two months into a 24-month operation. And certainly there are things out there yet to be done, and we're learning as we move down the road. But the results have been great. And I use that just as an example of us being willing as a state to come together to to address very hard and difficult things and saying we can and we will. We'll do something. And that's somewhat unique in this country today that we find in Utah. And that's really part of our secret of our success. It's why we're doing well with our infrastructure, our roads. Uh, our water development, preservation, uh, our education, where we're uh, exceeding, you know, way beyond what we're spending, uh, the uh, what we're doing economically. You know, all those things are because we are in a spirit of collaboration and cooperation at levels we don't see around the country today. So I just want to thank everybody that's involved in uh, making that happen. Uh, that spirit of collaboration and cooperation is really helping us to get things done. And contrast that with what we see in Washington, D.C., and you can see that we're a blessed state because of that ability to work together. You mentioned this is a 24-month effort. It's not just a one-and-done. Is there a priority that you see as the next step for this group? Well, there's there's probably multiple facets. You know, you do what you can when you can do it, and the sooner the, the better. As opposed to Washington, D.C., that they kind of, unless it's perfect, we're not going to do anything, and so consequently nothing gets done. Uh, we've taken the imperfect and said, we're going to start today. And so we've started with the crime, and this is not really about homelessness. It's about lawlessness. And so we've started there. But we still need to make sure we have places to put people. The housing issue is an important aspect of how do we triage people, how do we transition them. Um, the prosecution element needs to be there to kind of force people to make a choice. You can either go to jail or you can get into treatment. Um and so the treatment uh, the aspects of this are significantly important to help people with mental illness, with addiction problems, and those kinds of things to help them get their life back together and become a productive member of society. And last but not least, which is a part that is, I think, exciting because I think it has great potential to bring back the dignity of the individual by providing them with job opportunities. I think most people want to be able to go out there and support themselves. They don't want to be relying upon others and the government to uh, to bail them out of whatever their circumstances are. So we're going to try to find ways to get people that are able-bodied, physically and mentally capable, to find work and help them get a job and get off of government assistance and uh, become a productive member of society. So there's probably at least three or four different approaches we're taking there that really need to complement each other. and. And we're well on our way to to do that, but it's going to take us a couple of years to get everything done and implemented and probably the place where we're going to feel comfortable to to be. That being said, I think it may be an ongoing thing. I don't know if this is ever going to go away, you know, that the problem will be all cured and now we're inoculated. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I think it's going to be an ongoing process that we need to engage ourselves in as part of our government efforts. One of the items that's been big in the news this week has been the possibility of uh, Utah Salt Lake City uh, making another bid for the Olympics. So what are your feelings on that? Well, we're going to have a press conference today at 2 o'clock, I think up on uh, around Rice-Eccles Stadium. I don't exactly know where, but it's going to be in that vicinity, kind of probably around the Olympic Cauldron up there. 
But I, well, we have a unique opportunity to see if we can host uh, the Olympic Games again, the Winter Games. And so the, the question is, should we? Uh, are we able? And, and should we? Clearly, my view is that there's no better place to have a Winter Olympics than here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We have uh, convenience with our international airport that you don't find in most any other place in the world. We have wonderful venues that we've already used to host the 2002. So with a little sprucing up, you know, we could get those Olympic uh, quality level ready again. Uh, you can come in here. We have hotels and places for people to stay. So we can accommodate as we welcome the world back, I, I believe. And so um, as you look around the world, as you look at others who are talking about it, uh, take the politics out of it. There really is not a better location. Unfortunately, the IOC and the USOC, there's politics involved. But we'll, we need to see whether it's something we want to pursue, and that's going to be the topic of discussion this afternoon at 2 o'clock. You mentioned that to do that, we would have to spruce up the venues. What would it take to get to that level again? Well, there's been some uh, rough estimates. It looks like about $39 million to do that. And which is a large number, but when you compare it to others, for example, as you know, yesterday they just had a rededication of the Vivint Home Arena, the Jazz Arena. They spent $125 million to spruce that up. That's just one venue. So to do all these different venues with the outdoor uh, sports, the ski sports, the arenas, everything that goes into the Winter Olympics, to be able to do it for $39 million is actually relatively inexpensive. Um, and we also believe it should be done by the private sector, by the way, which is what we did in 2002. We had some help with the catalyst, some seed money, but that money was all paid back so that there was no expense to the taxpayers regarding the Olympics. Not only did we host the best Winter Olympics in, in history ever, uh, but we also had a profit, meaning we had revenue over expenses, and we created about a $100 million legacy fund which is one of the reasons why our venues are still in good shape because that money has been used to make sure that they are maintained and so that they don't have a deterioration there. Uh, so we're in a really good position, I think, to host the games again. Again, our discussion will be, should we? Can you give us an idea, anything about the press conference? Who's coming together for your press conference today? Yes, uh, we'll have experts involved in this. Uh, our own sports commission, Jeff Robbins, who's the chairman of our sports commission and does all things, uh, you know, recreation and events uh, related. Uh, Utah, the state of sport, has come. that slogan's come out of that uh, commission. Frazier Bullock, who worked with Mitt Romney very closely and did most of the financing and, and keeping track of the dollars, uh, with the Olympics of 2002. So he comes with a wealth of experience. He's been very involved with the IOC and the USOC. And so we'll have those two at the head. We'll also have uh, legislative involvement. I think President Niederhauser will be there today and representing the legislature. Uh, I'll be there, Speaker Hughes. Uh, we'll have members of the private sector that uh, say we can raise the money, I expect, and see if that can be done. That will be what the question would be. And then we'll have Olympic athletes so that have been there, done that, and and we'll get their points of view too. So it'll be a kind of a good cross-section of people involved in the Olympics that can make it happen if we so choose to do. It sounds like you're making it that it's clear that we should move forward. Well, again, I probably have a bias. I really was thrilled when we hosted the world in 2002, and gosh, it turned out to be a really a turning point for Utah. It's kind of our coming out party. People discovered Utah through a new set of lenses. Uh, most people did not realize how cosmopolitan we really are, the sophistication we have here in Utah. 
That's led to an improvement in our economic well-being, uh, diversification of our economy, and improved our quality of life dramatically. So it was all good. You know, I'm sure that not everybody liked it, uh, but most everybody did. But now it's a new day. It's a new time and a new dynamic. So we need to take a look and see, should we? There looks like there's an opportunity, but should we? That'll be probably the question of the day this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Today has been the, is the deadline for Amazon to take bids for their big facility that they are planning. Can you give us some idea about what Utah has been doing, how aggressive Utah has been at going after that facility? Well, we've had great success working with Amazon. We have one of their facility centers uh, that's going to be out by the airport in that northwest quadrant where they'll be coming and working. So we've already had a success with Amazon. They like Utah. They like our business-friendly environment. They like our labor force. They like our quality of life. Uh, They like the convenience. You know, Crossroads of the West is not just a slogan. We really are the Crossroads of the West. So that being said, to see if we want to go with one of these uh, headquarters, uh, 50,000 jobs and and the billions of dollars they would spend, it's certainly enticing, and we want to put in our own presentation, our own bid. Um, But we're doing it in a a way that we're saying, look, uh, we're not going to buy anybody to come to Utah. We have some out there that are proposing billions of dollars in, in enticement. Uh, We will keep the same program we've done with everybody else, which is if you want to come to Utah, we think you should come here first and foremost because it's the best place to do business. You have great advantage here if you're a business to improve your bottom line, uh, to improve your market share. That being said, we have to compete with others out there. And so if you come and if you create X amount of jobs, if you create so much additional new tax revenue – if you do that, after you've done that, we'll give you some of that money back. So it's like a tax rebate. And uh, that's our proposal with Amazon. will be a tax rebate. It won't be as rich as many of the states out there. But we don't think we have to be because you ought to be here just because it's a great place to, to locate. That being said, too, I, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, 50000 is what their goal is to hire. That might be hard for any community to do that much. My, my suggestion to Amazon is you ought to have more regional headquarters rather than one on the west coast or one someplace else maybe one on the west one on the east one in the in the midwest and one here in the inner mountain west maybe four different regions like our time zones i think would serve them actually better so i hope we have the opportunity to explain that to them and and say there may be a, a model you ought to consider that would in fact include utah Governor, we have the text questions coming in. We have a couple of people waiting on the line to ask their questions. We need to take a break, and we'll be right back with more on Let Me Speak to the Governor.